going back when I was a kid, math was pretty easy for me and I it understood math. And I just assumed my kids, mm-hmm. I don't know, by osmosis would just know how to do good math. And one of my <laughs> oldest boys started struggling when he was around eighth grade or so. I saw his national scores actually get below the district average. And so I thought, hey, he needs some mm-hmm. help. And I found a mathnasium through research. And I took him to this mathnasium and uh, signed him up. And about six, seven months later, all of a sudden he's like, Math is easy. Welcome to High Trust Professionals, a podcast where we interview top industry and community leaders, business owners, and entrepreneurs from across the country. Hear what it takes to build trust, be a respected leader, be productive, and win your day. Sit back and relax as we dive into another episode of High Trust Professionals podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to High Trust Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Lynette Aerosmith, with my friend Joe Weary, who's here today. He wears a couple different hats. So today we're going to talk about Mathnasium. But before we do that, Joe, why don't you introduce yourself to the audience, what you do, what your position and role is, and then we'll kind of dive into some fun questions. Thanks for being here, by the way. Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Uh, named Joe Weary. I, I'm actually from Elkhorn. I have lifetime resident. Um, That's Elkhorn, Nebraska for our national listeners and viewers. Yeah, it's now part of Omaha. Yeah. It's formerly a separate little town. It used to be a little quiet town. Everybody knew everybody. A suburb, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I kind of grew up, um, I grew up low income, two sick parents. Um, one of my parents died very young. The other one was an ambulatory. And so a lot of people in the community helped me out. Uh, throughout the years, oh. and I had a lot of experiences with law enforcement officers throughout the years because they'd come to their house, check on us, things like that. I think that kind of led me to uh, later in life to a career in law enforcement. I always wanted to be a police officer, and uh, I went to college for criminal justice, joined Omaha Police Force. I've been on about 22 years. I've worked several different detective bureaus, uniform patrol bureau, um, homicide, internal affairs, a couple of the last two detective bureaus I worked in. And then recently I switched back out to the street, back in the uniform. I'm a sergeant in charge of a crew uh, based out of Elkhorn. So I kind of full circle came back to Elkhorn. I still live in Elkhorn. I'm still an Elkhorn resident. So we'll just call you sergeant in charge. I like that. Mm -hmm. Sergeant in charge. (laughs) Well, and I love to touch on kind of where you came from first. And for our audience, so I'll say, hey, Joe, do you have like a fun cop story for us? Well, guess what? I didn't get one. Because, (laughs) first of all, privacy. Second of all, it's not always a pretty story, right? No, it's not. Yeah. Um, But I will touch on one. I mean, briefly, uh, when I was in a homicide unit, um, I had worked several other units, burglary, auto theft, uh, robbery. Basically, it's called North Investigations, General Crimes. Um, It's a lot of work put into every single one of these cases. The first, one of my first homicides was one that was very difficult to solve. Uh, when we initially went to the scene, we didn't have any suspects or any idea of who would be involved in this. And it's one of those things where my first thoughts were this might not be solvable. Yeah. And the best feeling I've ever had on the police department is when we finally broke that case. And I've never felt better in my life as far as law enforcement goes, because those are such difficult cases. Uh, A lot of emotions involved, family members, Mm-hmm. Etc. I mean, a person's life was taken and to actually bring it around and solve that case and get a conviction on that case was mm-hmm. a great feeling. 
Very rewarding. Yes. You know, I often say, what's wrong with people? What's wrong with people? There are just so many things that could play into that. What's wrong with people? So let's change courses because why are we really here? So Joe and I met through the West Omaha Chamber of Commerce and we're in a small networking group together and you, not too very long ago, purchased the franchise Mathnasium, right? Correct. So law enforcement by day, math nerd by night, I'm not sure, sergeant in charge, yeah, I'm going to have all kinds of titles for you. So let's talk about what led you to that. I mean, there's so many businesses that you could have purchased potentially. Why that? Correct. Uh, so over the years, I often thought of what I might do beyond law enforcement. And I've always kind of liked the idea of owning a business. Um, wasn't sure where to start. Uh, dabbled in a couple little different things. I did a little online business many years ago when I was on the police force of selling police equipment to other police officers. Hmm. Um, that got a little too time consuming at the time, especially with the different units I was in. Well, math, going back when I was a kid, math was pretty easy for me and I it understood math. And I just assumed my kids, I don't know, by osmosis would just know how to do good math. And one of my <laughs> oldest boys started struggling when he was around eighth grade or so. I saw his national scores actually get below the district average. And so I thought, hey, he needs some mm. help. And I found a mathnasium through research. And I took him to this mathnasium and uh, signed him up. And about six, seven months later, all of a sudden, he's like, math is easy. Yeah. And he wasn't struggling anymore. Mm. And he hasn't struggled since. And so anyway, I was looking to get him into some more uh, math help when it comes to uh, ACT testing. And I looked into the mathnasium that he'd want, gone to. And that one had closed during COVID. Um, oh, shoot. So there was a need. So there's a need. But also... Yeah. When I, when I went in there originally, I saw basically kids would walk in, they grab a binder and they're working with instructors and I saw the wall of binders and I was like, clearly there's a need for this. Right. And so. Because the binder represented someone each who kid, was... Each kid had their own binder. Yeah. And so when you see a wall of binders and all these kids come in this place, it's like, wow, this is, obviously there's more than just mm -hmm. me who needs this. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And it's a huge mm -hmm. relief for a parent to get their kid over those struggles and they can move on because math opens up a lot of doors. Uh, oh, sure it does. I mean, in business in general, I mean, in life, in, I mean, math, you need it to, you know, count money to do all kinds of things. But, you know, I've been to your place and here's what I loved about what I saw is it, to me, it was joyful. I don't know how, you know, it's just, and I want you to describe because what you've created and how you describe it and how you reward the kids for doing well, I think is just so interesting. So describe the whole vibe. Yeah, kind of like our theme and our vibe at the whole place is math is fun. We basically kids, when they, if they're struggling, they come to us, they're stressed out. You get that attitude when they're middle school, I hate math. And you, everybody hears that. <laughs> and I'm never going to use math in my life. Well, they don't realize how many doors math opens. Yeah. Um, so the, when kids come in, we do not give them homework. They don't go home and have to do additional work at home. When they come in, our instructors work with them directly. We learn their personalities. We learn the families. We get to know these people. Uh, the way it works is there's a reward system too. Every couple pages the kid gets done, we have a cornhole board. They get a toss at the cornhole board. If they make it in there, they get a piece of candy. 
they get three tosses in a row. They get to spin the mastery check wheel. They get a mastery check. They earn basically punches each time they do this stuff. Okay. And then they can turn around and turn those punches in for rewards all the way up to like a PlayStation 5 if oh they're there long enough and really build up a lot of cards. Wow. Some of the kids like to spend their cards. They just love to come in and they're like, how many, how many, how many cards do I have now? Because they, they want to get something because we have a whole prize cabinet for them to choose from. Okay. What was that one thing? That one thing that was so popular and you just couldn't keep enough? Oh, the Squishmallows right now. Yes. That is the... <laughs> We, we, we try to figure out what, we try to cater to the kids, uh, individuals, you know, we, we get to know the kids, learn what they like. And yeah. Squish metals is a big thing right now. And so those are just flying off the shelves. It's one of those things I got to keep buying more and more. And I take one in the back room, a kid will see me take it to the back room and they know it's back there. Yeah. They're looking for that one. Yeah. They want that one. Yes. I think that's awesome. So talk about a couple things. First and foremost, how do you juggle it all? So what kind of help do you have and how do you juggle, you know, you wear, you wear multiple hats. Correct. And that was one of the things when I was looking for a business, it was looking for something that I could do now. I technically I'm getting close to retirement. I got 22 years on, so I can kind of look towards retirement. Um, I work day shift. So I get done about 3 PM, uh, 3, 3 Our business is open after school. So it's an after school program. It's only open 20 hours a week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, so during the school oh. year, it's open 3 30 to 7 30. Um, okay. and then we also open on a Sunday and, uh, my wife, went in this business with me too. She, she was a teacher assistant at a grade school and she would come home daily and explain to me her stresses mm -hmm. and her struggles with school right now. Not enough other teachers helping. Um, she wasn't real happy. She loved with, the, she loved the kids. She loved meeting the kids, getting to know the kids. She loved seeing them grow up. But at the same time she was stressed and felt burdened by this. So, uh, she's actually goes in day to day, she determines which instructors are coming in. She works okay. with the kids too. She's also an instructor. She kind of runs the office. Um, I handle all the back end stuff, and then I support her in the business uh, when she's when I'm needed. Sure, I love that. Well, and the other thing I I like about your business is you employ other kids. Yes. Right. So talk about that. That's super yes. cool. Yes. Uh, we have the youngest person we've employed is 14. Super smart oh. math. This is an eighth grade kid who was going to the high school for math. Oh wow. Um, we have a couple other kids that are freshmen right now. We have college students. We also, uh, the way our center works, like I explained to you before, kids come in, grab a binder, work on their worksheets. Yeah. We don't do that at our business. Um, I went with a model that is all digital. So kids come in, they grab a tablet, and they work on their tablets, oh, which cool. is our online system. So they also can, can work online. At home. Yes. Yeah. So we had one kid that was headed to Denver on vacation, and she wanted to get a lesson in, and she was working on her tablet in the car. Oh my gosh. Working with one of our instructors. That is super cool. So something I, I want to make sure that I mention, because you think you, you you know, I'm thinking, okay, so do I have a 14 year old kid who's teaching my kid potentially? This is not tutoring. No. Right. So no. Explain the difference because in, you know, people are going to naturally think, oh, so my kid gets a tutor, but that's not really what it is. No. And so our, our 14 year old necessarily is not going to teach one of our high school students. Uh, we also have a retired math professor or math professor from college. We also have uh, college engineering students. Um, but the way the system works, if we have like 20 kids who come into our center and they all have the same teacher, mm -hmm. we're going to give them a assessment. And on that, this assessment, they're only going to, their learning plans will be based on everything they don't know. So every kid's going to have a different individualized learning plan. Mm -hmm. So the business is very, very structured to that specific yeah. individual based like on that. how they are. 
So we have kids who come to us who want enrichment. So they're way beyond their grade level. They're trying to get advanced math. They're trying to get way ahead in math. Um, and we also have kids who are struggling. We have mm -hmm. the whole gamut. Mm -hmm. Kids are average, below average, and above average. So we can cater it yeah. to each specific individual. I love that. And you've had this for how long? We opened in uh, June last year, so not very long. Because I'm thinking, yeah, I was at your ribbon cutting, and yeah, not very long. And seemingly super successful because there's a need, right? Yep. And so then do you market to, like, schools? I mean, how do people, unless they were like you, searching for a, something for one of their children, how do they even know about you? It's definitely a destination business, so a lot of it's going to be online searching. Uh, but mm. we do also, there is an advertisement publication that goes to every single grade school kid in Elkhorn Public Schools. So we mm -hmm. advertise in that. Um, word of mouth. Uh, we, we're going to work towards, we created this, we have this math kit called Math Night Kit. So we can put on a math night uh, at one of the oh. schools, at the grade schools. Oh. And we'll probably rotate around the grade schools that are in our mm -hmm. area uh, eventually. Great idea. Yeah, as long as the schools are willing to have us, we'll put together right. a whole math night, STEM math night for them. So are those the types of things that Mathnasium as a franchise can provide you, tools, or is that something that you just think of and ways that you can plug in? A lot of the stuff is other franchisees have done it. And okay. then, so then we have like, a, we have a market, we have a couple of different marketing companies we go to. Mm -hmm. And uh, so like there's one accolade that puts together stuff. We just had a pie day party and they put together a whole kit for us. That's, it's not everything that we're going to use, but it's definitely a start. Yeah. So. No, that's, well, then you're not reinventing the wheel, right? And kind of, kind of feed off of what others have found successful. I love that. So let's change directions a little bit. Mm -hmm. So what advice would you give someone who wants to get started with a new business and or to buy a franchise? First off, you need to find something that interests you. Uh, you don't want to just grab a business just because you can financially handle that business. If it's not something you're passionate about, uh, it's not something you're, you know, really looking forward to opening up, then obviously it's not something you're going to want to do. Uh, the math worked out great because I saw how it worked with my kid. I learned about the business first before I signed anything. I mm -hmm. talked to other franchisees to see how the system went. Um, it's very important to get to know as much as you can about a franchise before you before you enter into that contract because it might not be right for you. Right. Oh, totally. So then how do you even do so something that you're interested in, do your research. How do you determine if a a franchise of sorts, whatever that business is, is um, if there are too many, if it's already like there's no room for another? How do you determine, or are there lines? Are there kind of lines in the sand of where you can market and do business? How yeah. does that work? Most franchises have, most big franchises, Math is a big franchise, first of all. There's 1,100 of them in the world. They're in the United Arab Emirates. They're in India. They're oh, in wow. England. They're in Canada. They started in 2002, and it's just exploded. It's all over the place because it, it works great. This isn't a new idea. <laughs> no, no. So most franchises have areas that they are open to they generally will do the research first in cities to find out now interesting story about that when i contacted them to put one in elkhorn they said mm -hmm. i can't put one in there mm -hmm. Hmm. they they said there's not enough population in elkhorn and but there's other places in omaha they would open up and territory so they actually have specific territory advertising territories okay. Interesting. I explained to them I grew up in Elkhorn I explained to them about the huge growth and all the schools that have been developed 
recently and the mass amount of growth that's going on at that time. They looked into it, called me back a couple weeks later, says, yo, you're, you're right. Yeah. You can open it. It's yours if you want it. That's great. Good so. for you. Don't take no. Lesson number 503, <laughs> do not take no for an answer. I love that. So or switch directions before we wrap it up. You have been in law enforcement for a long time. You are a business owner, so you have, I'm going to talk about leadership a little bit. You know, a lot of our listeners and viewers, they, you know, we talk about, we talk to business owners, we talk about leadership. So you've had leaders, been a leader, are a leader. How would you define a good leader? Um, leader has to, first and foremost, has to be able to listen. You got to be able to listen to your employees, listen to your customers, got to be able to meet their needs okay. and, and fulfill those needs. Um, another thing is you can't be afraid to make decisions. You got to get out there and, and if you're hemming and hawing on decisions and stuff like that, I mean, you're not going to get people to follow you. You're not going to get people to believe in you that you actually mm -hmm. know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Isn't that true? Sometimes you have to be decisive and you have to be willing to maybe fail forward. Not, yes. every, not every decision is a great decision, but as long as you can pivot quickly. Yes, you definitely have to be able to learn from the stuff yes. as you go forward. Too. Yeah. I mean, I've been stressed throughout my life, <laughs> throughout several different steps, either personal or police department, things I've run into. And I was extremely stressed the day before I opened this business. Yeah, I, I bet. Mean, it was one of those things that's new to me. I've, I've never went to business school. I've never owned a business like this. Yeah. Actual brick and mortar. Yeah. But... You gotta, you gotta jump in. If if you really want to, you really want to excel in life. You really want to yeah. move on to something else. You really got to jump in feet first and not be afraid to mm -hmm. take that step. I think it was Martin Luther King has a quote that talks about just take the next step. You don't have to see the entire staircase. Just take the next step. So great advice. Thank you. Mm -hmm. So if you could choose one person as a mentor or one person that you would love to have lunch or coffee with. Who would that be? Well, that's hard to say. I mean, there's been a lot of mentors in my life, but uh, um, I really want to be able to, uh, right now, also kind of a side thing is I've been looking into investing and things like that. And, you know, Warren Buffett's one of those guys around here that everybody knows. Absolutely. And he's found his way. And mm -hmm. and he he looks for, one of the big things that he mentions, he talks about, he when he's looking for a business to acquire he looks at their leadership. He looks mm -hmm. at how everything's ran and he wants to keep those people in place because, and he doesn't meddle in it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so obviously he's a person who that's all he does. He researches companies and their leadership and how they run everything. And that's, um, I think huge. And a lot, he could probably give a lot of advice on something like that. I agree. I agree. I've had, I, I love that question. I've had lots of answers. Um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting Warren Buffett once and we were at a meeting together and it was, uh, I mean, I, I, have a, I have a picture and I've kept it forever, you know, cause especially in Omaha, I mean, well-known internationally, right. But still just to have that Omaha base is kind of fun. Yeah. He, uh, I ran into him a couple of times at Borshans years ago. Of course. Yeah. Cause I course. worked at Borshans <laughs> before I was a police officer. Oh, really? And it was interesting. <laughs> uh, I remember him coming in one day with one of his daughters, with his daughter and, uh, you know, we just kind of let him do his thing. We're, we were, I was security there. So we knew he was there. We all mentioned yeah. it, but he was just pretty much left alone. He did yeah. his, you know, thing. But on Berkshire Hathaway weekend, absolute madness. Yes. And we had to keep everybody away from him. Yeah. Oh. And it's like pandemonium. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But a middle of a week, just a random day. 
yeah. you know, he, he, he was left alone. Be a normal person. Yeah, yeah. it's kind of nice. That. So what's the biggest piece of advice that you've ever been given? Hmm. Biggest piece of advice. I don't know. Uh, that kind of throws me for a loop. <laughs> Good. Uh, as long as I don't make you cry. I mean, I'm not Oprah or Barbara. Um, you know, sometimes I think that we don't realize when good advice is being given. Yeah. It could be a situation. It could be a lot of things. Can you think of a time where you gave some advice? You know, it, it's really hard to say, but I have gone and I've talked to kids and I've talked to groups and I've, uh, and what's your as far as law enforcement is. Yeah. And, Stay out of know, trouble. At this point, you know, it, the last couple of years have been crazy, especially as far as law enforcement goes. Oh, terrible. And, uh. You know, one of the things is you have to, you have to listen. You have to, I've been told this time and time again is like when people come to us, like especially in law enforcement part of it, they're generally, it's a, it's a bad moment for them. It's, they're in a situation where it's one of the worst moments in their life and you have to really understand and have empathy mm -hmm. uh, when you're talking to these people because they're coming to you for help yeah. and they want help and maybe you can't give them all the answers that they need. Mm -hmm. but you got to be able to listen and at least be a sounding board for them at that point and, and try to help the best you can. Because mm -hmm. a lot of emotion, a lot of high emotion, a lot of, a lot of energy around that. So last thing, if you could go back to your younger self, I don't care when you decide if it was yesterday or when you were in high school, what would you say? What would you tell yourself then? I would tell myself not to be, not, not, not to be so afraid to take those steps because I know I could have taken some steps in the past that um, that I was just un too uncomfortable to be yeah. able to take those steps. And, and if I go back, I would, you know, it's not that scary. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah, I would say the same thing. There are things you look at like, oh, should I have done that? Could I have done that? Or maybe it's something to invest in or whatever the case might be, right? So, well, let's wrap this up. Where can our listeners and our viewers find you and Mathnasium? Well, Mathnasium, we're in Elkhorn, and uh, our website is mathnasium.com uh, slash Elkhorn. You just got to look it up uh, for the Elkhorn. Easy, I'm also easy. on LinkedIn. Okay, perfect. You'll see me around in uniform if you're in West Omaha. Sometimes I do security jobs at Westrose. And, That's true. Yeah. Or I might see you at lunch on a Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Well, and thank you for your service, by the way. That's a big deal to be in law enforcement, and it's, um, you know, to, especially, like you said, the last few years have been um, volatile. Yeah. volatile to say the for least sure. so thank you for your time today thanks mm -hmm. for spending it with us all right guys that's a wrap thank you for joining high trust podcast high trust professionals podcast i'm your host lynette aerosmith don't forget to find us on social media linkedin instagram what am i facebook and tiktok we would sure appreciate a follow and a like see you next time